Once again, happy Sabbath. We are extremely thankful to have a God who cares. A God who instructs, a God who has us in the palm of his hand. Isn't that a great realization to have, that we know we have a God that has, is holding us up by his righteousness, according to his word. And, and what we want to look at today by God's grace is that God has a solution for everything. Everything we come in, uh, up against, God has a solution. But if God has a solution, who else has one? The great imitator. Because you remember Satan, he, all he does is takes what he saw and tries to imitate it. But let's go, if we would, to the book of Revelation, chapter 14. This was a message that was given to the Protestant church almost 200 years ago. This was a message that separated the Protestant church here in America from the rest of the churches around the world. It was called what we would term this morning as new light. It was an increase of understanding in what God would have for his people. And he gave this message with a loud cry. And this message needs to be taught again because it is the solution to every problem that we have. And if we would go to Revelation chapter 14, and we begin at verse 6, and some of the older people here know this as what? This is the first angel's message. We're going to read all three of them. So we're going to call it the three angels' message. Amen? Amen? But in these three angels' messages is the entire formula for success, not only in this life, but it will prepare us for the life to come. Amen? And we got to understand this because without it, we're going to be lost and we're going to be taken away with the flood of deception. And we're going to go to Revelation chapter 4, verse six, 14, verse 6. It said, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell where? On the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. So the everlasting gospel was going out once again, and it was coming from the voice of an angel. It was coming from heaven. Amen? And so is it a good idea if it's coming from the throne of God, do you think it's a good idea that we listen to it? Do you think it's going to be good for us? Why? Because God is good. Amen? Don't believe the saying all is, is all good. That's a lie. God is good. Amen? And so if it's coming from heaven and coming from a messenger of God, it's something we need to pay attention to. So this everlasting gospel was being preached, and it was being preached to everyone. And it said in verse 7, saying with a loud voice, do what? Fear God. Fear God. Now, if there's a, a, an announcement for you to fear God, somebody wasn't. Amen? Now, let's go, to, if we would, to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to look at this first angel. This first angel said, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. But he said, Worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and, and the fountains of waters. He said, Worship that God. Now, it was particularly important that he said that because there are many gods. G, little G, right? But he said, This is the one I want you to worship. And he pointed us back to a strange place. Exodus chapter 20. When he said the one that created heaven and earth, it pointed us back to an identifying badge, identifying mark of what God he was talking about. Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read verse 8. 
You're going to say, what in the world are you talking about? What does verse 8 say? It says, remember the what? The Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now go down to verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea all, and all that in them is, and rest the Sabbath, seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. When he said, fear God and give glory to him, he pointed us back to his law. And he pointed us back to a particular part of his law. The only place in the law that it talks about creation is where? In this one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He said, I don't want you to get confused about any counterfeit God that you're going to fear. He said, I want you to come right back here and understand that what I told you in Revelation is what I told you in Exodus. And it makes that link, doesn't it? So we don't have to be confused about what God, and also we don't have to <clears throat> be confused about what way to glorify. We understand that? We all right so far? Okay. Now, now, who is Babylon? Babylon is fallen. Go to Revelation 17. He said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, and has made the whole world drunk. <laughs> now, we're just going to read a little bit about this Babylon. Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. See, the three angels' messages are still applicable today and we better get on this because this is going to this is going to make us know what direction we should be going because there's a lot of people out here talking about a lot of gods and if we don't connect with the creator we're going to be in trouble because i don't know about you i don't want a god that didn't create because i can do a whole lot of stuff i know god people that can do a whole lot i don't need a prophet I need a creator. I need something that is, that is above all and in all. I don't, need a, I don't need a philosopher. I don't need Buddha to tell me, oh, it's good to treat people right. He can't be my God. He died. <laughs> That's a little different about Jesus. Jesus came here to die, to be resurrected, so we could have an opportunity to be with the creator. What kind of, what I mean, I don't, I don't need a second-rate God. I don't need the B team. This is too important. So let's keep, let's, we're, we're in Revelation 17. We say, who is this Babylon? And there came, well, verse 1 of chapter 17 of Babylon, and, and there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, come hither, and I will show you, show, I'm sorry, show unto thee the judgment of the great, uh-oh, whore, that sitteth upon many waters. Now, you prophecy students, a whore is a symbol of a bad church. Okay, we'll just put it that way. Because a woman represents in prophecy, Bible prophecy, a, a, a woman represents a church. And so a whore must, unless you think a whore is a good idea. Anybody in here think that? What? How did you, y'all all right? <laughs> Okay, uh, let's use another word. Uh, a bad lady. Is that better? Okay. And it said, and she sat upon many waters. And we know that waters represent nations, people, tongues, uh, and people. And it says, verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. 
and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Now, we just read in Revelation 13 that the whole world was drunk, and, 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 and she committed fornication with everybody, right? Okay? She had an intimate relationship, an unmarried intimate relationship with all the kings and everybody on the earth, and everybody was falling under the, 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 the curse of this particular uh, relationship. Verse 3 says, So he carried me away where? In the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of what? Blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And we understand the heads and the, and, and, and the horns. But, and, and verse 4 said, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of a fornication. Now this, whoever this bad lady is, she was rich. She had pearls and golden cups, but she had the name of blasphemy. She went around telling people that she was God, that she was above God, that she had the power to forgive sins, that she had all this capability, but she was drunk on the blood of the saints. She had murdered many people who believed in Jesus. This was a bad lady. Amen? And verse 5 says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, an abomination of the earth. Now, what did he say in the second angel? That Babylon had what? Fallen. So we just identified what this fallen nation is, this fallen church is. He would, and, and so when this fallen church gives you counsel, should you follow it? Why? Because it's a bad lady. It's a horrible, horrible whore. And verse 6 says, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with what? He said, Man, I, I just can't believe this. This entity was held on high as something to be followed. See, this was back in the day when you used the words, you know, fornication and adultery, when those were bad things. When society thought you were a terrible person when you, when you uh, 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 what do you call it, when you participated in these things. Now you get trophies. If you're a man, oh, well, I slept with 100 people. Today that's a badge of honor. And women, same way. Same way. Well, you know, I... You know, I, you know, I'm trying to find the right one. Back when people followed the Lord, that was an abomination. And so when God was, was putting this together, he wrote, and so people could understand it. Man, it was horrible that somebody would do this, especially a church. How could a church commit fornication with a nation, with a beast? And there's only one entity that does that. Now, but he did say this. She was the mother of what? Harlots. And what's a harlot? Maybe that's a better word than whore. What's a harlot? Uh, what, a red light lady. Oh, what? <laughs> She's a bad, bad lady, okay? And she had bad little girls. And she had daughters, and those daughters perpetuated the acts of the mother. And so when you identify the Babylonian uh, 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 a mother, which was blasphemous, 
which killed those who believe in Jesus, who were purple, decked with purple and scarlet, and she had pearls, and, and she had a golden cup full of her filthiness, and, and, and she let the merchants wax rich on the abundance of her de delicacies. When we identify that, then we can identify her daughters, because her daughters act the same way as the mother. Amen? You remember the proverb, as, a, as the mother, so is the daughter? So as we see Babylon and see her make her move, and we see her daughters make the move, we must understand their counsel is not something we need to be following. Their way is a way we should not be following. And so when you have the universal church giving you a way, and then her daughters follow her way, the question is, what are we going to do? Because there's going to be some pressure to follow her, isn't it? When the decrees go forth from, from council to council, from denomination to denomination, that you need to accept this or you need to do this, what are we going to do? We understand that Babylon has fallen, and so it's over for us. That means we shouldn't have to worry about the power of Babylon anymore because God has pronounced it fallen. It might seem to have power, but it won't have power over you if you follow who? The Lord himself. We all right? Go to Revelations chapter 13. You're seeing these things unfold in your, in your lifetime, and you should say, thank you, Lord. I'm living in a time where Abraham longed to see. You see the fulfillment of this, of the whore of Babylon. You see the daughters of Babylon. You see the, the universal church, and you see her daughters just fall into place and fall in line, and the things that they held true for 200 years, they just not following them anymore. There was a great study done, a great breakdown of, of a particular church who said they, they, and they did, they used to have the truth and how they gave it up because they wanted to be like the rest of the nations. They wanted to be a daughter of great Babylon because there are earthly perks with the daughter of Babylon, isn't it? When you go along with the, the status quo, they don't bother you, do they? You might get invited to lunch from time to time. You might be invited to participate in, in the abundance of her delicacies from time to time. God says, I need someone who's going to stand and not join the harlot. And that's what he's calling us to, to do today. But you can't do that. What did we learn in Sabbath school this morning? The first thing you have to do is to what? Be born again. For this would even make any sense to you. That you would even consider going against the whore. Now that sounds interesting, doesn't it, Isaiah? That, that you think that people would have a, a problem with not going along with a whore. With a harlot, sorry. With a bad lady. But the whole world's wandering after the beast. And they think it's okay. They think it's the right thing to do. Why? Because born again hasn't crossed their mind. Because they've already been saved. You remember? I don't know about you, but I, I, I've been saved. And then cuss you out the next five minutes. I know you all have never been them people. But you know some people like that. Amen? You know, I'm saved. God saved me. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'm stealing from a boss. I'm cheating on my wife. 
I'm standing in the pulpit and sleeping with five people in the church. But I've been saved, so it's stamped okay. Because God has died for my sins. That's the Babylonian way. God says, Babylon is fallen. We all right so far? Revelation 13. Verse 11. It says, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. Now we know prophecy. The waters mean multitudes, nations, people, and tongues. Earth means scarcely populated. And he had two horns like a lamb, but he spake as a what? A dragon. Who is the dragon? Revelation 12, 9 teaches you what? Satan is the dragon. Okay? And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him. And causes the earth and them that dwelleth therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And deceiveth them that dwell in the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that, you know, they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. Why? That the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be what? So this is the power of the first beast. This is the beast that, you know, uh, that, that this whore is riding on. And, and it's the power. He said, I'm going to destroy everything that's not with what? With me. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark of the, or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Have you seen this happen? Are you seeing this happen? Every day, this image beast is causing you to go along with this system. You can't buy and sell. You can't participate economically without participating in their system. And a man's talking to me about uh, uh, this new, you know, what they call it. I wish I, I, I hear Obamacare all the time. It's not named Obamacare. That's a tag to put in your mind so you'll blame him. Affordable yeah, what is it called? Affordable Care, affordable care Act. Thank you. This Affordable Care Act is making you do something. Is it not? You can't buy or sell, supposedly, without it. You can't have a job. You can't file income taxes without it, can you? You got to belong to somebody. Also, it's kind of difficult for you to open a bank account without a what? Social Security number. It's kind of difficult to function in this world without being in this system. And the reason why they wanted you in this system is to break you down to a point where you're going to worship who? This beast. You're going to follow this lady. You're going to do what it says do because you know nothing else. Because you're used to following the Babylonian council and it's going to walk you right into this particular third angel's message which says if any man worship the beast in his image. Babylon has taught us how to leave all of the principles of God. There's a scripture in, uh, in um, Proverbs, I believe it is. No, this might be in Genesis. It says, 
our wood is sold to us. See, quiet as it's kept, it hadn't always been that way. When I say wood, I know you're not surviving on wood heat right now, most of you in here. You, your, your wood is on the wall. It's got a number on it. Beep, 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 beep. 72, man, it's cold in here. But every month, somebody wants their money. Your wood is sold to you. You buy your water, don't you? Okay? Well, that wasn't an enviable, enviable position back in the day, and it is not now, but because Babylon has given us counsel and we believe the counsel, we think that's okay. What happens if Babylon decides to turn your water off? Some of us have experienced that. You know, you don't pay Babylon, they get a little testy. They say, oh, so you don't want to pay? Well, you don't want any water, do you? What happens if Babylon identifies you as someone who's not going along with Babylon? That day is here. You ready for it? The answer is no. Because we've been listening to the council of Babylon and our solutions come from the bag that Babylon has given us to pick from. It's almost like the fraudulent nature of elections. Elections. Well, I, I'm, I'm backing this candidate because they're going to make a change, and I'm backing this candidate because they're going to make a change. And if you happen to notice, you're reaching in the same bag. Whoever gets elected, it's not for you. You have a presidential election. It was funny because you remember years back, you had Kerry running against Bush, and, this, and, and, and one of the NBC uh, I think it was Sunday morning news or meet the press or something like that. I said, you know, we got to ask you this question. <laughs> uh, both of you all belong to Skull and Bones. Oh, well, what, what, what do we do with that? I said, oh, well, you know, there's some things we just can't tell you. <laughs> and these were two separate interviews, and each one said the same thing. Is that some secret society? Well, it's so secret, we can't tell you. <laughs> you got those... See, Kerry and Bush were loyal to something that was not you. It was not the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. It wasn't, it, they're loyal to something they made a deal with in that room. And so when you reached in the bag, all you pulled out was skull and bones. All you pulled out, pulled out was Babylon. Do you think it happened again in 08? When the whole country was, we gotta vote, we gotta vote. We got a chance to have an a, a African-American president. He's probably closest to the African because he is African. And you reached into the same bag again. What'd you pull out? Skull and bones. <laughs> now, he didn't go to that particular school, but same thing. How about 2012? Oh, it's, it's different. Oh, half of y'all voted. The rest of you know, you just you lost the excitement about voting and then... You can't no more. 2012, you reached in the bag and what'd you pull out? Skull and bones. When you vote 2016 and you put your hand in the bag, if you get a chance to vote, what are you going to pull out? You're going to fill out Babylon the Great. So, I'm sorry. We, that, we, I'm sorry that we disappointed you in believing that you really mattered. Uh, um, <laughs> But we got to stop 
using their system to solve our problems. Amen? Babylon and its ways are not our solution. Amen? I thank God, because for those who be looking at the video, we are not anti-government at all. Thank God for the government. Thank God for presidents. We pray for them every day. We pray for those in charge. We, we pray those in those positions because one day they may see Jesus. And so we keep praying for them. Thank, we thank God for the police, the army, and everybody else. So you can't put that on, on, the, on the thing and have us all arrested for that. Thank God for them. Can you imagine if we didn't have government, what would be the case? Right now, bad government is better than no government. And we got a bad government. But they're doing all they know to do. Because if you understand what the, the governments of this world, what their job is, they're doing exactly what their job is. We're just under this great deception that it's for us. Yes. It's a private club and you're not a member. So you just go to work and do what you do and you make sure they keep moving and everything will be fine. As long as you do that, Babylon's happy with you. Have you noticed, we, we read in Revelation 13 about this buying and selling thing. Have you noticed that you can't buy and sell as much anymore? Then they, give, they throw out this little token and say, we're going to lower gas prices. It's still too high. <laughs> I was alive when, if you had 75 cent gas, that was way too high. But they throw that for you so you can go ahead into the retail stores and celebrate this delicacy that this Babylon, Babylon has given you during this time of year. Look, we need to make some money, lower the gas price. Thought about that? Oh, it's going down a little bit further. I saw 249 this morning. 249. When's the last time you saw 249? 230. Ain't that something else? And we just the biggest suckers on earth. We just dancing around and happy. Ooh, ooh, the man, he gave us a good price. Let me tell you something. Your money is over. Once you realize that. Money, as you know it, does not exist any longer. It stopped existing a little while ago. It just hadn't come back home to root yet. Roost yet. It hadn't come back home yet. It's still floating out there in, in, in the world. It just hadn't come back home. And it's about to come back home. You know, all that, those dollars that we printed and shipped out into the world, well, now the world has this, this sign that says, we don't want dollars anymore. No, thank you. And so the ships have to come back home. And they're about to come back home. And you know what happens when the ships come back home and your dollar? But Babylon told you, don't worry about those things. That's impossible. It's a cyclical thing. This is very interesting, what's happening in America uh, concerning your money. Everybody in here can tell you that their money last year bought more than their money this year. Most of us can tell you that we don't make enough money. We didn't make enough money last year, and we're not making enough money this year, right? Who's controlling all of that? You think that's an accident? This great Babylon. So when I say we need some solutions that aren't of Babylon, we better hurry up and get them. And we better remember how to find them. Because when you go and your $5 doesn't buy a Snickers bar, then what are you going to do? You sugarholics. 
You know what? The price of beans have gone up. Dried beans. You used to be able to buy a pound of dried beans for 50 cents. They had $1.29. And it wasn't nothing on the news. CNN didn't tell you. It was just like you just kept paying. Oh, man, it's high. Kept paying. And then you want to know why America's in such bad health. How come the 99-cent meal is still 99-cent? <laughs> you know, the 18-layer burrito is 99-cent. Broccoli is $7.12. And we want to know what's wrong with us. So our solutions must come from something outside of Babylon. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus faced the Babylonian way. He faced it and he overcame it with the first angel's message. And we're in Matthew chapter 4. And this is the battle that we're going to have. He said, Matthew 4, we'll begin at verse 3, and we'll read 3 and 4 to begin. He said, Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it says, And when the tempter came, now who is the tempter? Satan. Satan, that same devil we were talking about, this dragon that we were talking about in Revelation. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. All right? He met this tempter with a fear God, didn't he? Jesus said, fear God, meaning what? Obey God, meaning follow the word of God. Amen? So he met the Babylonian with the thus say of the Lord. Babylon wants you to doubt the word of God, and that's why our solution doesn't, doesn't, doesn't line up with the Babylonian way. It lines up with a fear God. He tried to get Jesus to doubt the word of his father when he said, if thou be the son of God. The father had already told him, you're my son. Eve fell for that trick. He got Eve to doubt the word of God. He wins with us because we have been trained by the Babylonians to doubt the word of God. We were having a discussion during the break about the difference between creation and evolution. It is ridiculous to believe in evolution. If you know anything about science. See, I don't think science and God are two different things. I think science is a study of how in the world did he do that? <laughs> now, it is impossible to believe that. But Babylon tells you to believe in something that doesn't exist, and we're more apt to believe the Babylonian suggestion than we are a fearing God. Because we, we've been trained by the Babylonians. Amen? But Jesus met him with, I don't doubt the word of God. Hush. He said, I live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let's go, let's go down to verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city. When he a slick jugger. He said, oh, you want to use some, some, oh, you one of them Bible people. Let me take you to the holy city. Oh, so you're going to be mesmerized. Oh, look at all the holiness all over the place. He said, and then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him up on a pinnacle of the temple. And you know we would go for that. Not only were we in the holy city, we were in the best chair in the place. We were on top looking down like Nebuchadnezzar was a ruler of the Pharisees, right? And said unto him, if thou be the son of God, there he goes again, trying to get you to doubt the word of God. Cast thyself down. Now, look at this. For it is written, 
Well, since you threw some written at me, since you threw some word at me, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, least at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. He said, oh, you believe in that word. So in, didn't the word say this? Oh, but God not only has a word, he has a way. He has a way, and the Babylonians don't want you to not only believe in the, what the word says, it doesn't want you to believe in the way of God. And this is what's going to separate us from those who say that they believe in Jesus. And they're going to separate us because we not only believe in Jesus, we believe in the way of Jesus. Amen? Because Jesus, verse 7, said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not, what? Tempt the, lame, tempt the Lord thy God. He said, There's a way of Scripture, not just Scripture. Babylonians tell us differently. That's why you can have a whole religion based on one scripture. People do that. God said, I fought Babylon's spirit with my word and my way. See, are you catching the solutions now? The solutions we're going to have to overcome every obstacle, every uh, situation that we find ourselves facing. Let's keep going to verse 8. Babylon tries you to, to want you to misapply the word. In verse 8, it says, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt do something that the Father told you not to do. He said, If thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus, then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Now remember back in Revelation 14, it said, Worship him that made heaven and earth. Right? Jesus says, that's the only one we worship. And that's the only, there's a way in worshiping him. There's a way to glorify him. And that's to worship him in his way, and not the Babylonian way. Amen? The true worship of God is the only solution to every problem. It's our only solution. Don't go for the Babylonian way and her daughter's way. Go with a thus saith the Lord and the way God says apply his word. Amen? Satan, go to Luke. See, Satan is in charge of Babylon, is he not? He said the dragon. He said this is, this is what gave him his power, seeking great authority. He, he's in charge of Babylon. Jesus makes this statement in a book of Luke that should help us understand that the Babylonian way will never get us out of any problem that the Babylonians put us in in the first place. Luke chapter 11. Hang with us this morning, amen? This is something we got to understand. We got to start looking in the right direction for the solutions because the solutions are available to us. And we're going to need to apply these solutions right now, not tomorrow, but right now. Chapter 11 of Luke. Let's begin in verse 14. And Jesus was doing what he normally does during the day. Verse 14 says, And he was casting out a devil. <laughs> and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, He cast his out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of devils. That's a Babylonian thought. And Jesus said, okay. And others tempting him sought, uh, 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 and others 
tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to what? Desolation. And a house divided against itself, what? Against a house failing. He said, the devil is not casting out the devil. If I cast out devils, it's because, let's keep reading. If Satan also be divided against himself, verse 18, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye shall, ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. He was trying to show them the devil doesn't cast out devils and I'm not working for the devil. Now keep reading. Now this, is, this, is, this, is, this brings it home. He said, when a strong man, a armed keepeth his place, his palace, his goods are what? Are in peace. Remember, when the house is not divided, the strong man, he said, I'm good. You know, I got my weapons, I do all this. He said, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. See, he was trying to say that the strong man was the devil and I'm stronger. And I came and cast, I took his stuff and divided it. Babylon is strong, but Jesus is strong. He said, I'm going to take his, because he took you. You used to belong to Babylon. He said, but look, I'm stronger. I come and I picked you out. Come on. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me, what? Scattereth. He said, I gather. I'm gathering. I'm taking from the strong man because I'm stronger. We all right with that? That's why you can't have a B, a B team God. I, I need a God that's stronger than Babylon. Oh, yeah. And, and w w so when you look to the devil to cast out the devil, what is going to happen? You're going to be in the middle of devilment because that's not going to happen. We need to have our solutions come with those who are stronger, the one who is stronger than Babylon and all his solutions. The solution is, is appropriately applying the instruction of God in your life. That is your solution this morning. Not just having a, a, a portion of God, not just hearing God, not just having words of God. It says appropriately applying them in your everyday life. That is your solution over your real enemy. What is the source of your problem? First Peter chapter 5. <laughs> We're trying to get out of here on time. First Peter chapter 5. What is the source of the problem? See, when you, have the, you know the source of the problem, then you'll know not to ask the devil to help you. I, okay. I know none of you, well, I don't know. You're not supposed to ask the devil to help, okay? But from time to time, we kind of lean that way, don't we? Every time we go back to what we used to do, we lean that way. Oops. We lean back to the devil and say, devil, you know, we used to have this deal. Now, I know you don't have this conversation literally, but that's what you're having a conversation with. Why? Because 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, 
Because your adversary who? My boss. My adversary, my phone bill. My adversary, my mama. My adversary, the church members. My it doesn't say that, does it? It says, my adversary, the devil. The source of your problems is the devil who sits in the pinnacle of Babylon. As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. It's easy. He's getting fat on us, isn't he? He's devouring everybody because we're using his solutions to fight him. That's just crazy. We see how, how, how nutty that really is. We're using Babylonian tactics to get out of Babylon. Now, as king, we're trying to leave. How should we leave? <laughs> now, it's his best interest to keep you here. You think he's going to tell you? Yeah, yeah, man, you go around, just, you know, at 4 o'clock, go, go to the third gate, and it'll be open. And we've been trained to love that Babylonian king. We just follow him whatever he says. He loves me. You got to that gate at 4 o'clock, and there was some headhunters there waiting on you. Lord said, help us. God is the solution, is he not? The creator is the solution. Go to First Chronicles. I mean, First Corinthians, I'm sorry. First Corinthians. Oh, mercy. First Corinthians. Are we getting this today? Do we understand what God is saying? He is the solution. Those three angels' messages taught us what's going to happen and what is happening to us. And he said, I am the solution to get you out of this so you won't fall victim to that third angel because that third angel is real. God's not playing. If any man worship the beast in his image, who do you think Babylon is? We got to stop worshiping this beast in his image. God's not playing. It was the most fearful message ever given to mankind. This is the only time God ever said, I, I got nothing for you. If you worship the beast and his image, you will have the wrath of God that is poured out without what? Any mercy. There was mercy in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was mercy when the floods covered the earth. There'll be no mercy now. Because if you get to the point where you follow this beast, and you follow this dragon, and you follow this Babylon, it's nothing in your mind that will tell you to ask for help from the solution who is God. You're being sinned so long you won't even consider Jesus at all. And God is waiting on a people that might be able to pull the coattails of somebody who doesn't even know him. Who, as a matter of fact, some who have decided not to walk with him. Man, that Jesus thing, I'm not with that. But they have no idea what they're with. They're with the dragon. Because if you're not with me, you're against me. So I don't care what name you put on against God, it's still what? Against God. Call it what you want. Call it black Hebrew. That makes you feel good, doesn't it? <laughs> Call it Buddhism. Call it Muslim. Call it uh, uh, yoga. Oh, yeah, yoga's a religion. Y'all didn't know that. Okay. Ask, ask the people who do that, who, who are up here. I said, oh, yeah, it's a religion. I don't know what the people in the gym are doing, but it's a religion. <laughs> Whatever you call it, it is anti-Christ. And why is that a problem? Why is anti-Christ? Why being against Christ is a bad idea? Because there's only one that can save you. 
I know it seems simple, but it seems that we can't get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's start at verse 9, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath what? Prepared for them that love him. See, God has a solution. Yes. It's already prepared. He's not, he, he's not mixing it up right now. It's already ready to go. He's just waiting on you to stop asking Babylon how to get out of Babylon. Verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. Now, the world, we, we talked about this morning, giving you a name for the world, Babylon. Come on, y'all swifter than this. He said, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The solution is freely given to us if we would do what? Receive it through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. He said in, in verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Of course, it man doesn't understand this because he's Babylonian. He said, but which they which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. We talked about this this morning. You have to be born again in order to understand the Word of God. This man, the Babylonian mindset, cannot understand these things. That's why when you speak to a Babylonian, they're looking at you like, are you lost your mind about Jesus? See, in Babylon, there is a Jesus. Y'all know that, don't you? Long hair, blue eyes. Y'all seen him? And what is Jesus doing? Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father right now. That's what the Word says. Yes! But he's not twilling his thumbs. There's some things going on in heaven right now. See, Babylon has a Jesus for you. Just like Satan said, oh, I got some word for you too, Jesus. You know, you're sitting there telling me about, oh, you should live by every word. I got some word for you. Babylon's got some word for you. Babylonian Christianity has messed up a lot of people. That's why people don't like Christianity. If I believed in the Christianity that Babylon was presenting, man, I'd be an atheist. Because they got, some, they got some stuff in there. I'm like, really? That's the loving God that you say I should serve? You mean he does this on this hand, and he does, and, 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 uh, but as long as I pay you, what? So when you walk into a Babylonian situation, please understand that they've been duped too. So don't you go in there thinking you Jesus and start casting people out and throwing stones at folks. Man, these folks have been under a spell a long time. They haven't been born again. Sometimes we need to check ourselves to see, you know, when our birth certificate went through. We have to, might have to check back, don't we? Sometimes we get out there and get so holy that we forget, oh, we're not Jesus. Let's keep going. 
Verse 15 says, But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But what do we have? We have the mind of Christ, which is not Babylonian. Your solution comes from the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus had a way about his word. Do you know that Jesus came and humbled himself even to the death of the cross? So I would think that one of the ways of God is humility. Just one. I mean, that's one example. The word said it, and the word did it. Babylonians tell you, never humble yourself. How many star athletes have you seen that are humble? You ever played against one of them? I played against college and used to be NBA people. Ain't a humble bone in anybody. They can't, you can't be that. It's impossible to be humble and, and, and do that. You got to be a killer. Who was the greatest killer of your generation in NBA? Killer. Killer. Ask him anything. You'll see nothing that resembles humility. But, but hey, man, he's rich. Babylon's got treasures, don't they? Yeah, but they drunk on the blood of the saints. And I don't know. In the end, I don't know if that treasure is going to help them. I don't think it's helping them now. How come all of them are alcoholics? Drug addicts. Chronic fornicators. They can't find the solution. See, they thought fame was the solution. They thought money was the solution. They thought acceptance in the, in the, in the upper echelon of business people was the solution. They can't find it because it's not found there. How about us? Go to Proverbs. The solution is what we read about in Revelation 14, the first thing out of that angel's mouth. Fear God. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Are we hearing it this morning? Are we understanding it this morning? Sometimes I, 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 get, I might get in the way. I don't want to get in the way of this because this is it. All of us need to start using these solutions immediately. Proverbs chapter 8. We can begin at verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to what? Hate evil. We got that? All right, that's an instruction. That's the solution. Fear God, and the first step of that is what? Hate evil. What is evil? Things against God. Anti-Christ things. Then he says, he starts listing some of them. Pride is evil. Can we say amen? amen. Arrogancy is evil. And the evil way. Oh, so Babylon does have a way. It's an evil way. He said, I want you to hate that. And the forward mouth do I hate. Lord, help us. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. Here is your solution. This is the essence of your solution. He said, by, the king, by me, kings reign. And princesses decree justice. 
by me princesses rule and nobles even all the judges of the earth you know that even the wicked judges can't rule without him because he ta he brings up kings he takes down kings god allows stuff to happen see something we really need to understand god didn't leave us He's not an absentee landlord. He's right here. He knows these things are happening. That's why he told you they were going to happen before they happened. So what? You'd have patience of the saints. You wouldn't get excited and start blaming Jesus for all of this. I'm just surprised. People are surprised. When, when a nation decides, I want nothing to do with Jesus, and then all the nation goes crazy, I wonder why everybody's surprised. See, what we don't understand, it was the spirit that God placed in a word called morality that kept things in check. See, it used to be some things you just didn't do. That day is over. I mean, young people beating up old women. That's something you just didn't do. Why? Because there was a spirit still here that kept that from happening. Well, we often give you this example. Why don't people just break in your house through the window? What's easy to get through? A window of a big giant steel door. There was something there that said, don't do that. You know, you might lift the back window up and slide through it or something. Why not just kick the front window in? Just go around, unlock the door. Because, you know, some people leave their keys in the inside door, which I just, anyway. Why didn't that happen? How come you just didn't steal from old people? You know what they did in Memphis two days ago? You know, that somebody went to a convalescent home and took everybody's credit cards. Old people's cards. You didn't hear that kind of stuff before you declared you were a nation who did not want anything to do with Jesus. People stealing babies out of hospitals. People killing babies because they're mad at whatever this, whatever this person you're living with. What kept that from happening? And why is it happening now? Here's your solution. Fear God. You're not immune to this. Don't you know that God's hand is on you? Don't you know his protection is on you now? It's nothing you've done because you're so righteous God decided to spare you. It's his mercy. He's trying to get you to a point where you can believe in him and apply his solution. How did you get here today without turning your car over? Because your great driving skills? I've seen y'all drive. <laughs> Some folks, I ask to call me before they leave the house. So I make sure I'm at home. <laughs> Mercy is what he's giving us. Amen? Amen? We in Proverbs, he said, look. Verse 17. He makes this statement, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches, and what? Oh, so the solution comes, shh, I know nobody wants to know this. The solution comes with durable riches and righteousness. He didn't say riches that go away. Remember, a fool and his money soon depart, right? He, didn't, he said, with me comes durable riches, things that really mean something, things that are going to 
stand the test of time. It's like the difference between dollar bills and gold. I don't want a God to give me dollar bills. Well, you know what I mean. Gold is more valuable than dollar bills. And the only reason dollar bills are worth anything is somebody believes they're worth something. Wait till you get the headline, they're not worth anything. And you'll stop killing people for it, won't you? See, that's what's going to be fun. Sister Jerry, that's going to be the interesting part. When you get the headline in the paper or, you know, they break in on your Keeping the Kardashians or whatever show you're watching, and, and, and they tell you, oh, we got an announcement. Well, it didn't work out. Q1, Q2, quantitative easing three. Ah, sorry. Uh, tomorrow we're going on a new system. And you're now officially broke. Now, most of us, it really wouldn't, we wouldn't blink an eye. <laughs> I, 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 yesterday, was, I noticed something yesterday. <laughs> for the first time, this was funny, for the first time since I was in college, at the end of the day, this is a money clip. You see any money in it? <laughs> I just see the clip. That is, this is the first time since I was in college that at the end of the week, Nothing. But I have durable riches because God is with me. See, when I was in college and I didn't have any money, I knew of God. I prayed to God. I gave Bible studies, Nelson. But I didn't know him like I know him now. I got nervous like this. I knew why I could get it. I know I, I, I can hustle, you know. I've been known to do that, but I'm looking for durable riches now, durable riches. And it's okay because God has them for us. But then he puts something else on us. It's called righteousness. That's what we're looking for. We're going to go to Psalm 66. We got to close. It's too late. Sister Sherry, I'm going to one day not try to teach the whole Bible. Psalm 66. Here's your solution. This is our solution. This is our individual solutions, but this is also our joint solutions. This is how we come together, and this is how we're going to overcome. This is how we're going to shoot at Babylon. See, Babylon's going to take the rest of the world, but he's not going to have us. That great whore we're going to have no relationship with, and we're going to have durable riches and righteousness, and we're going to be able to stand before kings and declare the righteousness of our God. Because we're going to stop using devilish solutions to get away from the devil. It's like getting flu shots to get rid of the flu. Yeah, I'm going to give you some flu to get rid of the flu. <laughs> Psalm 66. Let's start at verse 16. It says, come and hear. Amen? Come and hear. All ye that fear God. Aren't we the ones that fear God? And I will declare what he had done for my soul. David was always in declaration mode. He was already always in testimony mode. He said, I want you to know what God has done for my soul. Verse 17, I cried unto him with my mouth. And what happened? And, and he was extolled with my tongue. That means I told everybody. I, 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 I couldn't hold it any longer. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord, what? Oh, see, 
the Babylonian way is you can hate and receive love. God will love you. Even in your hated hatred, he still loves you. But we need God to hear us. And he said, if iniquity is found in our heart, what happens? The Lord will not hear thee. Oh, but what? Don't, don't stop there. Don't get depressed. He says, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Here is your solution. Fear God. Lose the iniquity. Lose the arrogancy. Lose the pride. Lose the vanity. You lose the hatred that is in your heart for your fellow man. Lose those things so God can hear you. So you may be born again. So you may start to use the solutions that only come from God. Amen. Leave Babylon. What did Revelations 14 tell us? Babylon is what? Babylon. Stop listening to it. Stop. Just, I don't listen to it no more. Even the Babylonian Jesus. I know that sounds almost oxymoronish. But in Babylon, there's a, a, a character called Jesus. And it tells you, you can have iniquity in your heart and I'll still hear you. You can commit all these sins and I'll still bring you into the kingdom. I, hate to I don't hate to tell you, I love to tell you, that ain't the truth. <laughs> God says, a bunch of ex-adulterers will be in heaven. <laughs> a, a bunch of ex-fornicators, they come into the kingdom. Amen. A, a bunch of ex-liars will be there, won't they? A, a lot of ex-Babylonians are going to be there. But the key word is ex. They stopped being those things. I know y'all got nervous. You said, oh, brush y'all talking about fornicators in heaven. <laughs> oh, they had stopped fornicating. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven was theirs. Are you? Amen. Say a word of prayer. <laughs>